song. My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for The Expendables 2. I am here this week with Christian Malinsky. Uh, y- y'all can just refer to me as Tool. <laughs> Tom's a His huge Tool fan. I am. Uh, and with an Expendables 2 tagline, Kelly Wand. Recyclables. Two. It's good. <clears throat> Brief to the point. You're got- two. Oh, all right. I did. I know. I liked that one. Uh, let's before we talk about Expendables two, we uh, have a new segment on this podcast. I don't know if it's a segment, but uh, last week we decided we were all going to solicit advice from the people selling tickets at the movie theater about what to see, uh, and we would see what sort of nuggets of wisdom we could glean from those people who sit there selling tickets all day. Uh, so I actually recorded mine. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can you tell them what Dingus's ticket taker said about Lawless that, like, sparked this as a category? Um, I cannot because I don't recall. Dingus, what did your ticket taker, what, what inspired this, Dingus? All right, well, uh, the people in front of me in line at Lawless were asking about it, and the ticket taker said, uh, I don't know... It's mostly filmed in New Zealand, and it's really hard to follow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. How could I have forgotten that? Yeah. I just consider that worth knowing. Right. And I, I always find it surprising that people will show up to a movie theater and not know what they're going to see and will ask the people selling that. That's like going to McDonald's to eat and not deciding what you want to eat and asking the minimum wage guy there, what should I get? Who, who does that? Uh, but they should be experts. You think? I, I They're guess... gatekeepers at the theater. Well, They're no, like it, it, that's that's on the people who go because there was another couple standing too. off to the side, <laughs> looking, just studying the sheet of paper of everything that was playing at the theater and, and focusing studying on the... all of the things that were playing and reading through it all. I I never show up at a movie theater not knowing what I'm going to go see. Yeah, you go by the posters once you get there. You don't yep. even know what's out. I actually, while I was there, uh, I, I, I was saying I was going to say before I recorded it, but couldn't figure out how to transfer the recording from my iPhone, which I use to surreptitiously record it, to the computer. So I can't play that recording, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, but I did have a little segment where I spoke to Crystal, the woman selling tickets at the uh, La Kenyatta Flint Ridge Six. I think that's my theater. Uh, I had a conversation with her about what was playing and what I should see. And while I was doing that, people would come up to buy their tickets, and I didn't want to be the jerk getting in the way. So I would step back and say, go ahead, ma'am, go ahead, sir, buy your ticket. Uh, and so I spoke to many people about what should I see? What are you going to see? Mm. And uh, one of the peop- one of the folks that came up, there was an older couple, I guess uh, maybe in their 50s or so, uh, and the dude was buying the ticket, and I asked the woman, so what are you guys gonna- going to see? And she said, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> she had no idea what movie she was being taken. Into, uh, which I guess maybe that's how some couples operate. But uh, what if marketing people found that out? Would their heads explode? Like they do all that focus group shit? Like, I I don't know. Like maybe some people just say to their their dates slash wives slash girlfriends significant others, hey, we're going to a movie, and the other person doesn't ask what movie. <laughs> the other person just says okay. So uh, I'm sitting beside you in the dark, listening to people say shit. I guess so. contents are. Okay. Well, uh, you know, the only time that happens, I, I remember when we went to see, I think the first time I went to see There Will Be Blood, it was sold out. And uh, and I was with Tom and this friend of ours named Brian Horner. 
And we all stepped back and looked at the huge screen and said, what are we going to see now? And that's how we ended up seeing, I think, one of the Resident Evil movies. There and, wasn't uh, blood that night. And there, well, there's the other ones. There was just more CG blood. Uh, but other than a sold-out movie, I can't, I don't know, can imagine doing that. So you guys did something similar, I presume. Did you did you uh, get any wisdom from your ticket takers? Who, who uh, Dingus? What what did you find out about the expendables from your ticket taker? I, I didn't. Uh, I actually stepped up to the ticket taker with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, not you to took you took your son no. to see the expendables too. Nice, Dingus. Nice work. Yeah. He loves it. Dingus will not take his seven year. How Karen is seven? Eight, seven. Yeah, he will not take his seven-year-old son to see the Avengers, despite me strongly feeling that that's something that you need to expose your son to, and that you're, I, Dingus. I think you're. Yeah, you're, uh, it, yeah, it's questionable that you will not let, take your son to the Avengers. And I've I volunteered many father. times. Uh, yeah, you know, as right. If I was Kieran's godfather, I would I would spirit him away and take him to the Avengers. Um, but Dingus does take him to the Expendables too. Interesting. Well, I think that's because there's no backstory for him to worry about. And the Avengers, uh, we had we had a whole problem when we saw the Avengers with a little kid constantly asking, "What's he doing? Who's that? What's that guy? Why is he doing that?" And, and so and push the Avengers. That's right. Good kid. So uh, so we stepped up to the the counter, and right. Kiernan really, uh, as we stepped up, just purely for research purposes, really, uh, Kiernan said, "I want to see the odd life of Timothy Green," and I. I suppressed a groan, <laughs> and so I asked the ticket taker. Oh, this wasn't a bit that you guys were working out on the ticket taker. No, no, he really wants to see that movie, and so I asked her, "What's that about?" Some <laughs> <laughs> scary. And, and she said, "It's it's about a couple who can't have a kid, and they find a boy in the garden." I got that one as well. I also asked the woman, and that's pretty, almost exactly what she said: is a couple dreams of having children, and a little kid emerges from her garden. That's that's what, what? I was told. Yep, that's what I was told about Odd Life of Timothy Green, and I said, oh, so it's magic, it's like Harry Potter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said, not exactly, it's more of a miracle. What? Oh, nice! <laughs> that, was, that was what Crystal oh. told about Odd Life of Timothy Green, yes. That's a good one. So, Dingus, what did you uh, then find out about? Well, Wait, what was the thing you recorded, Tom? What was what? You said you recorded one. I did. If you want to come over to my house, I can play it on my iPhone. Oh, I, I just can't true. figure out how to transfer the iPhone to the computer. To I didn't play realize you were bragging on the podcast that you recorded something that you couldn't play on the podcast. You're just letting everybody know that. Right. I, I was going. I intended to play this as a recording, but I don't. I well, that's I, better than hearing it anyway. I don't right. have the technical know-how. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, Dingus, what did you find out? So, Kiernan wanted to see this. The woman then said, "This is what Odd Life of Timothy Green is about." Go on. Well, I was really just trying to figure out, is this appropriate for my kid? And the thing is, she was she was thoroughly helpful. She This girl uh-huh. who, you know, can't have been far out of high school or college, said, well, it's, it's a family movie, and it'll be fine for him. And I said, well, what, what else could I take him to at this theater? And I know there's only one other movie at this theater that he could go to, uh, and I... You know, I was suppressing the urge to ask a question about the Barack Obama documentary. <laughs> and uh, and she said, well, there's Paranorman. And she looked at my son and she said, but I think it's a little scary for little oh, kids. Oh, she's raiding Kiernan. Fuck um, but she was she was spot on. So so her recommendation for Timothy Green, uh, 
you know, it's a family movie, and it would be fine for him. Paranorman's also kind of for kids, but it's a little too scary. Uh, I was just, I was a little bit floored that this this ticket taker just she was on her game. Good for her. Now, did, does that mean, Dingus, that you subjected your son to the odd life of Timothy Green? No, uh, his mom's going to have to do that. I'm going go to that movie. Lock. <laughs> right. Oh, is that really what that movie's about? It is. It's a it's a magical realism thing with uh with Joe uh Joe Edgerton is that right? Yes. Yeah. And and Jennifer Garner uh, who Dings is quite fond of and they find a little kid growing in their in their garden and it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney life affirming magical. Instead realism of sex, thing. you make kids by planting seeds in the ground. Hey, they tried. They tried everything, Kelly. Right. I think it's like a couple who, you know, one of them who, I don't know, one of them's fire and blanks, don't want to pass And you don't judgment. think people who go to theaters and don't know what they're seeing to the look at movie posters aren't going to think, oh, that's how we make a kid. We plant seeds in the ground. It's a metaphor, Kelly Wand. I'm sorry, back to what you're saying. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I also, uh, Crystal, told me about uh, Hope Springs, because I actually really want to see this. I think, Dingus, have you seen, did you <laughs> go see this? surprised me. Yeah, I went to see that this weekend. So Dingus was all the, the naysayer about Hope Springs before. I was the one who wanted to see it. I instead went to see Cold Light of Day. Thank you very much. I took the bullet for that. You guys, you're welcome. Wait, which one's that? that? Cold Light of Day is that awful thing with Bruce Willis and Henry Cavill, our new Superman, where uh, it's it's like um, it's like frantic meets Taken, oh, yeah. but with a completely ineffectual doofus as the lead character. <laughs> Cold uh, light of day. Yeah, Henry Cavill is worst, worst protagonist ever. He accomplishes absolutely nothing. He's a horrible action hero. Uh, yeah, it, it's terrible. So, Dingus, you got to see Hope Springs. Okay, here's what I know about Hope Springs. Crystal said that it's pretty good, that it's, uh, very, it's very comedic, it's lovey-dovey, and it's kind of inspirational. Oh, I love how she always ends on an awesome one. <laughs> Crystal nailed it. Miracle and inspiration. But that's it's Tom, but it's Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep though. Like that. Wait, not Tommy Lee Jones. Is it Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Did, did should I go see it, Dingus? I could see them having sex as a couple, as opposed to like Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> That seems hard to fathom to me. Um, I can only say nice things about this movie because I saw it with my wife at her behest. It was great. Hmm. Okay, it sounded very Stepford Husbandy of Dingus. Which movie? Um, they're both. They're both great in it, and and it does it does several things that really surprised me. Um, yeah, it's worth saying. All right, I'm on board. Kelly, one, you want to go see? Uh, Kelly, one, you want to go to a movie with me? I'm not going to tell you what we're going to see. Only if it's Hope Springs, but don't <laughs> tell me. Okay. All right, so uh, Kelly, one, what? Do Wait, you... Hope Floats yes. is unrelated to the mythos of Hope Springs. They're right? set in the same universe, I believe. The Hope universe. Yes. So it floats and springs. Hope does all kinds of things, Kelly Wand. Huh? Does it, Davis? Hope is very. Oh, you bet it does. Oh. Does Bob it? All right, no more. Kelly, one, did you find out anything about the Expendables two from your ticket taker? I did, but I had to look hard to find it. What do you mean you had to look hard? Well, I had to think about it, not look hard at anything. I had to think with my brain. My brain used its eyes to look inward to the thoughts that grow inside, like Timothy Green. 
God. <laughs> it sounds very Buddhist. So did you ask a ticket taker about Expendables 2? Yes. Okay. And what were what were you told about Expendables 2? I go, what's Expendables 2? And he goes, it's an action movie. And I stared at him <laughs> and gestured with two fingers like the come hither. And then he goes, Chuck Norris is in it, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I, I stared blankly like I've never heard of these names. And then he just goes, they kill people. And then... Uh, I thought that's not and that's not very descriptive. But then when I was watching the movie, I thought actually oh, I see what he's saying. It really is nothing except that. And I also thought he mentions Chuck Norris first, then Arnie, and never Stallone. And it's I have a theory that he Sylvester Stallone's always everyone's least favorite in a group of dudes. Okay, so like even uh, if he's partnered, everybody likes Cash but thinks Tango sucks, and in Stop for my mom will shoot like a still Getty people, I think, prefer. All right. Uh, what about uh, the Rocky movies? Do people just take the, the, the piece of Meredith? me? The piece of me, yeah, and Burgess Meredith. And- <laughs> they love Talia Shire, those people. <laughs> but so, you like Drago in Expendables more than Stallone. Well, we'll talk about Expendables in a minute. Let, let's first talk about our ticket takers. So Crystal told me when I uh, I actually opened with, is the Expendables any good? And her immediate response was, and I find this very telling, my boyfriend loved it. <laughs> Which I thought was, was very adorable. Uh, and then I asked her, uh, well, why is, it, why is it called the Expendables? Uh, and, and, and the thing is, I thought that would stump her. And I thought, you know, that she wouldn't really know what to say that. But she immediately shot back. Uh, I think it's because Chuck Norris is in it. <laughs> He's expendable. That I don't know what awesome. that. Yeah, I don't know she, what that she meant. Wins. She totally wins. I don't know that what it good. meant. I don't know if she knew what it meant. But the fact that that was her response to the question uh, was, was pretty. Did lovely. you ask her why the, the what the two means? I did not, but uh, I thought that that would be pretty easily answered. Chuck Norris. Yeah. See, she said Chuck Norris first too. Yep, Chuck exactly. Norris is the most exciting thing to people. Well, you know what? Let's find out if that holds true for the three of us on this podcast. But before we spoil the Expendables anymore, you already now know a few things about it you might not have known before listening to this podcast. Uh, let's just get some basic details about it. So, Dingus, tell us a bit about what the Expendables 2 is without spoiling any pertinent plot points. All right. Well, this week we saw The Expendables 2. Mm-hmm a 2012 American action thriller ensemble vending machine movie about a mercenary group on a quest for revenge. Mm. The oh, movie was... Exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Directed by Simon West and written by Richard Wank and Sylvester Stallone. Based on characters created by Dave Callahan in the seminal The Expendables from 2010. <laughs> it's seminal, is it? Wow. Yes, seminal. There's no vesicle, though. It stars. Wait, Liam guess real quick. So you mentioned it's a, a a vending machine movie. What does the Expendables two dispense? Uh, actors. <laughs> Very okay. Good. I like that. Okay, so you started to list some of them. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. It dispenses with exposition. <laughs> it stars Liam Hemsworth, Barney Ross, Lee Christmas, Villain, Yin Yang, Gunner, Booker, Church, Trench, Hail Caesar, and Toll Road. Also Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Expendables 2 is rated R for strong bloody violence throughout. Wait, throughout is a category? 
That's it. Strong bloody violence throughout. That's the only thing that it's rated R for. Oh. So let's see. Expendables had, uh, it's been out for, I think, three weeks now, but uh, it had a $28.5 million opening, uh, which, you know, what are you going to do? On Metacritic. <laughs> what are you Wait. Do? Okay, so just to be clear on why we report that, we what don't. you, you don't do? give a shit. Why? Uh, all right. It's, no, it's we li- give a shit, but what are you going to do? What are you, you going to do? <laughs> it's a little underwhelming. Is I, I, I suspect the studio was hoping it would, uh, Lionsgate, was hoping it would open larger, and it did not. Um, it's successful, but, uh, yeah. Uh, on Metacritic, which rates uh, movies... Wait, 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 wait. Yes, yes, Kelly Wand? I pick Metacritic again. We'll have the higher number. Okay. Uh, well, Metacritic uh, gives you the average rating of reviews that use ratings, and on Metacritic, it is at 51. Kelly Wand, would you like to revise your, your choice at this point, or stick yes. with Metacritic? All right, so you are right. Rotten Tomatoes, it's higher. Rotten Tomatoes, which gives you the percentage of reviews that are positive on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% of the reviews of Expendables <laughs> are positive. What's that mean, Tom? Break it down for me. That means that if you were to poll 100 movie reviewers, 65 of them would go, yeah, sure, go see it. It's fun. They'd say something like that. A rough 65, of their, that. 65 of their boyfriends would have liked <laughs> So uh, that said, now if you have not seen Expendables 2, we are about to spoil it. We've all three seen it here. We're going to give away things like, uh, well, you know what, you'll find out what we'll give away if you stick around. If you haven't seen it and you want to not have it spoiled for you, you might want to bail Kelly Wand, spoil the Expendables for us right now. Go. What would you What would you call it if you were to spoil it? Yeah. An Expendables two opsis. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Because well, you were underwhelmed by the opsis name last week and the catchphrase the week before. I always thought Dingus would be my assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your sniper, <laughs> sir. Oh. I won't be late. I won't be late, Kelly. Is that from the movie? God, it seems like forever since I saw it. All right, uh, Expendables 2, Upsistus. Shit, I heard. Yes, what? <laughs> Sorry. Rock and roll. No, say what you're going to say. I was going to say he's rock and roll. He's telling you to shoot. He, he said shoot. <laughs> he, he think, he's asking, is that thing loaded? And he told you to shoot. Tell you what, you may fire when ready. Is that a line from Expendables? <laughs> that would be if Expendables was based on a Richard Kipling novel. Or, I think it is, isn't it? The, or the third act is. Or Peter yeah. Cushing. <laughs> right. All right. Expandables 2 Opsis. <clears throat> Shit I heard grown men and women say on the movie screen during Expendables 2. <laughs> Woohoo! Just like old times. Incoming. You see that shit, Holmes? I thought you were aiming. Genetics. Yeah. Blew up the last section of that bridge and went, yeah. <laughs> see you in hell, random minority group. Any orders, sir? Only one. Yeehaw. Knock, knock. Come in. I'm back. Wait, wait. Fuck that up. (laughs) I'm back. Looks like we made just enough wampum on that random series of explosions to make our back rent for this bar we all own, huh? Don't hit on that chick. She'll have sex with you or something. Don't wait up, boys. My ego, your ego is like a very small percentage of dinosaurs. Huge. A woman? Forget it. I ain't much of a babysitter. Sounds like somebody likes Yippie Kai prison, then. I ride motorcycle, white man. Then drive away. <laughs> I'm back. 
Sorry, sir. Head to something. Duh. Wind direction. <laughs> Were you an army, baby? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. 81 tours in Afghanistan and Iraq each. Why you stop? That's a long story. Something, six people dead. Suffering is the tribal name of my people. Skull on your knife, essay? Me, I got this tattoo on my neck. It's a goat. Satan's pet. I'm Satan's goat, motherfucker. And you looking at me like a tin can. Pick up that MacGuffin and hand it to me with a smile, Americano. Don't worry, Billy. You're going to be okay. We do this every weekend. No! Why call ourselves that if the only expendable is the one who dies? Guess bringing a sniper to safe cracking was dumb, Sarge. I tried to tell you. Also, a physicist instead of a medic. Arguably questionable as well. Dear Sophie, it's me, Jimmy. I hate all the guys I work with, especially when I work with. Uh, especially whatever Stallone's character's name is. Hang on, Sophie. Let me look it up on IMDb. Barney Russ? What the fuck? Love always Benny. <laughs> he wrote that to her. You never shoot your own guns anymore. You just pay us too. I quit, even though we were done anyways. Roast duck with mascara on eggs. I'm starting to think Italian's overrated. What about me? Yeah, you're overrated. I work alone. Now I'm even further back. Heard you were... <laughs> Heard you were bitten by a lone wolf, McQuaid. Maybe I exaggerated in that instance, but if we re-elect Obama, it's a thousand years of darkness, and the beast from the pit will bleed the names of our firstborn from Satan's chariot wheel spokes. These dead villagers are not mining the plutonium fast enough. Kill their children and have the corpses work double shifts. If they work too hard, shoot the plutonium. Then torture it. Yes, sir. Gulp. You better not be doing what I think you're doing. I do. Let's do it. <laughs> My shoe is bigger than this car. <laughs> Except for the trunk compartment in its back. You've been back enough. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to take your life. You want to man me up? Yeah, I'll man you up. Time to wrap this up. His name was Johnny. <laughs> what if I was black? <laughs> to Joey. Yeah, to Star. I thought you worked alone. Sometimes it's better to go for the check. Yeah. God, I hate acting. It was all acting. All acting for yeah. Alright. Alright, let's oh. do it again. Uh, this time. I can't... Bad acting's hard. I feel like I have a lot of respect for the Expendables. Sorry. Oh, no, Kelly Wan, that was a, was a tour de force, my friend. Really? Alright, good. I wasn't sure. I get nervous when I have to do voices. All right, well, we have to now pick who's going to defend the movie. Oh, God. Oh, Dingus, Dingus volunteered. I was stepping back, Sarge. Yeah. All right, so, Dingus, you uh, are here to defend what I thought 
was an awesome opening scene followed by a lot of smug, self-congratulatory, sloppy, I will awkward. You will. All right. Uh, so Dingus, yeah. you're, you're relieved from duty, Dingus. Oh, thank God. First off, yes, that was one of want. the greatest movie openings ever. You've crazy son of a bitch How don't know it? about ever but it was a uh, great it was a great opening action sequence i i i, I was really on board with that. yep yep i thought i was going to be half have to be hospitalized i was laughing so hard i, I loved yep good. the <laughs> trucks the motorcycle bit the knock, swing knock. of the car around the knock knock the coming uh, soon it just had just so much like energy and just just clever funny stuff yep Did absolutely you see that huge tank of eels as they were driving in yep. yes yep Oh man, I love that tank of eels. Except they didn't bust it. I was I was expecting, you know, if you show a big old aquarium like that, you'd think it would get a, uh, busted. But you know what? Maybe that's subversive. The fact that they didn't break it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was the greatest movie. Well, now let's talk about the rest of the movie, though, Kelly Wand. It didn't live up to that opening, but <laughs> okay. the, I remember towards I and mean, I thought in the middle of it, I'm going, yeah, it's not as good as it. But then towards the end, it started getting good again. I thought I thought the op- the ending was kind of fun. I must have missed that part. What? <laughs> Come on, Arnie and uh, Bruce Willis in a Prius. Prius? How do you say that? It was a smart car. Yeah, it was a smart car. What do you think of that car versus Gina Carano's in in Haywire? Uh, again, that was a cute gag, but uh, I'm not really sure that it fit. I, well, I, the whole thing with uh, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and certainly the Chuck Norris stuff, I just wasn't sold on all that. It, again, I, the word self-congratulatory just comes up. Like, these guys show up, sure. and they're going to be there for a couple days to shoot an action sequence, and I don't care. Here, here's my takeaway from this thing is that Chuck Norris is a real doofus who apparently thinks and apparently people think jokes about chuck norris are funny because he actually is a badass the jokes about chuck norris are funny because the guy is a dope yeah but he doesn't get that that's fine but does the well, movie with his beard. It, um, it's fine does the I, movie look, uh i would say it does but i i think i, I know what you're you're convinced it doesn't and you're folding your arms defiantly and i'm <laughs> and, saying it's not well, I also fold my arms defiantly at uh, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up for, for this thing. Like, Bruce Willis has done so. I, I feel bad now. So I minorly, after we saw Moonrise Kingdom, which we all loved, and I maybe raised this idea that, you know, I loved the movie. I liked everyone in it. But maybe Bruce Willis wasn't that great. You know what? After seeing him just show up and get a paycheck in this, no, I'm convinced he was great now in Moonrise Kingdom. I mean, people just, like, just showing up and hanging around. There's just, I, I God, I just didn't like all that and it didn't do anything for me schwarzenegger god what a tool that guy's so annoying now i look forward to seeing what they do with this movie last stand which is coming out in january where he plays i think like some small town sheriff or what i I don't know uh but to just have the guy like show up and collect a paycheck and you made a reference to that kelly Wan with with chuck norris uh i i am not entertained or amused when that happens so yeah i'm folding my arms defiantly and that was funny Okay, well, Dingus, are you going to fold your arms defiantly with me? Are you on board with this, or are you going to hang out with Kelly Wand on this one? Knock, knock. I will I will hang out with Kelly Wand until Liam Hemsworth gets offed, uh, and then I will fold my arms defiantly. Because I, I, lo- I freaking loved Liam Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him from... Jeez, uh, what did we just see him in? <laughs> oh, I don't remember him as Gale in Hunger Games. I don't remember that, oh. that was him. 
Oh, uh, no, I do. Thanks. And I uh, didn't see his other movie until last night, and I loved him. What's I, his I loved other movie? him in this. What's his other his movie? His other movie is a little movie called Triangle. Is he the the male lead in that? No, he's the he's the, he's the dude that the male lead hires to help him run the ship. And uh, God, yeah, I didn't remember that either. Huh. Uh, and he's great in it. He's got this weird, like, little arm, strange, like, flag tattoo on his arm, and he runs around the ship. And uh, he's just really good in that. And he's really, really good in this. He's, I guess, he's Chris Hemsworth's brother, I would guess. Um, but I loved him in this. I loved the way he told that little story. I loved, I loved his character. I loved that they were going to add that element in, and then they just off him. And that's it. That's it. And, that, I, and I was kind of done that. with the movie after that. I thought so. I was glad he got killed. Though. Would you say, Kelly Wan, that he was expendable? Yeah. Not to Dingus, apparently. <laughs> he's a deal no, breaker. He serves as this ridiculous, we're going to need some reason to take revenge, and we're going to drag in this character nobody nobody knows, right. and we're going to pump yeah. up some, some feeling for him, and then we're all going to take revenge on that, rather than getting rid of one of these vending machine actors that we all have that are going to pop out at any moment. We're not going to get rid of anybody else. We're going to get rid of this new kid who's actually good, right. and everybody else is so tired and awful. We could have lost one of those random MMO fighters, for instance. Or not MMO, uh, MMA fighters, whatever. There's some of those dudes in there who I don't know who they are. Burn one of them. Uh, yeah. Use one of those guys up. They did have so, too many. Or get rid of Bruce Willis, who's terrible in this. Yes. I love that guy. And he's he's not only phoning it in, he's actively horrible in this movie. I mean, I expect Arnold Schwarzenegger to be bad. But but campy. But I don't expect Bruce Willis to show up and be He's actually. He has like Carol. two scenes. Yeah. So there's one moment I thought of of good. So Dingus, you mentioned that speech about the war. I thought I hated that, and I and I hated it because there's so much bad writing in this movie. Uh, the 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 writing in this movie peaks with Bruce Willis's line about male pattern badness. <laughs> That was the funniest thing written in the movie. It wasn't even that funny, but I was like, okay, if that's the kind of joke we're going to make in the rest of the movie, I'm on board, and they didn't make any more good jokes like that. Like, that was it. But what I hated about that little speech uh, is that it's a horrors of war speech that then culminates in him being upset that he lost his dog. Right. Right. Oh my god! Now, if they had played that as a joke, but I don't think they were. Uh, I, I think it was just so tone deaf, so stupid. Like I don't mind him being serious. And, and earlier in the movie, the one moment where I thought, you know, here's some authentic acting. Was a little subtext. Was him and Sylvester Stallone talking on the motorcycle, and he's explaining to Sylvester Stallone about Sophie and about how he's in love with her and how I forget what, like how they're connected. I forget what he was talking about. He was. She was a nurse he met in Afghanistan. Right, but ah, he said see? something like, he, like said, he said something like, uh, "When when I'm with her, I feel like I forget how he described their relationship." But then he says to, to Sylvester Stallone to Barney, he says, "Have you ever had that?" And Sylvester Stallone lies and says, "Sure." And that, there was a little bit of subtext there. Sylvester Stallone obviously hadn't had that, and the actor was like, you know, was playing subtext. And Stallone can do that kind of thing. He was great in Copland. Like, he can do that. It, Stallone can act if you allow him to. So there's a great little moment with the new kid and the hardened badass basically lying, and, and we learn at that moment, because Lord knows, I don't remember anything about these guys from the first movie, really. But we learn at that moment a little bit of background about this character. Um, and that, that to me was like the only authentic moment in this thing. Uh, and it involved Liam Hemsworth being, uh, young and enthusiastic and convincing. 
Um, Jesus. <laughs> what? I think, I think well, he the, the writing. The, the writing is horrible because he his his explanation is that he decided to leave the military because of this his dog getting shot and his conclusion is now I'm going to join a mercenary. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll get me out of my. But I just I just loved how that that he leans into the he leans into it and he gives it energy and he gives it yeah. as he makes it as real as he can. I love that kid in this movie and when he's gone I'm just done. Well, otherwise it really it really is just uh like I it really is just like these old washed up guys. It, it was like what's that Space Cowboys movie where it's like old astronauts? Do you guys it's called Space Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I didn't know if they were that was there, but that, that's what it. So it wasn't the that whole genre? And or that uh, no, you know what? Sunshine Boys. Isn't there another one where a bunch of old actors rob a bank? That's the Brink job. Going in style. No, I think it's Sunshine Boys. Isn't there something about... At any rate, you know, you have these movies where old people, uh, cocoon, get together and do something. And, Play a basketball game. And sometimes games. that's fine. But here, there was just so much, j- just like old, tired faces worked over by the ravages of cosmetic surgery. That's oh, what this movie... No, but they got to say their catchphrases repeatedly, too. So you got that also. You know, they've, they've already done that. They've done that. They've said it in their movies. I didn't need to have Schwarzenegger saying to Bruce Willis, yippee ki especially without the MF for Kelly Wand, by the way. I know. Did you, did you catch that? How did you feel about that, Mr. Oh, it picked up at the end? Uh, is that why? He, I thought he was right. That's what's weird about this is, is that it's R for this blood splatter stuff, and there's no language in it. Yeah, they're they, uh, they're remarkably uh, well spoken. And, yeah. and I wonder if this is just so they can cut it up for different trailers and stuff. Because before this movie, there's the the, the uh, Schwarzenegger trailer you talked about for the Last Stand or whatever Last it stand, is. Right, right. His 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 Daniel. stab at doing a cop land, I guess. Oh. Um, and then there was a Stallone. Um, rush hour thing where it's right. called bullet to the head where he's he's with the, this asian assassin guy uh and it just felt like is this just is this just uh, going to be sort of this constant churning out of other things is that why none of them get to say the f word it was just so weird that that didn't happen yeah it's it's a hard it's a hard r as far as violence is concerned yeah i saw grandparents in my audience it's like grandma i went it's like oh don't say motherfucker is that what but uh, but I was uh, but uh, but uh, I'm sorry to derail but Tom, you're absolutely right Tom they, any of those catchphrases the constant I'm back you've been back enough yippee kaye any of that crap and I didn't get any of the jeez uh, oh, I can't even remember his name I keep thinking it was Charles Bronson it's not Charles Bronson what's the guy's name Jet Li <laughs> stop it Jason Statham. Uh, the lone wolf guy. Who's who, Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Right. Chuck Norris shows up and he's just got this weird beard and he. I don't I know. know he looks like an old woman. Who, who the hell are these? <laughs> he looks like a Meeks cutoff uh, <laughs> female character in like a bonnet. To me. But to me, that's hilarious. Like you get the things you guys are ripping on was I thought even great art doesn't have to be intentional, Tom. Even if it's just a bunch of uh, chimps bang at the moon. Okay, I guess when I put it like that. But I like. Uh, did you like Con Air at all? I, I no, I don't think I'd, I'd 
Yeah, isn't that the I one where like... Steve Buscemi's a, pe- a pedophile? Yeah, he's a lovable. Oh, pedophile. that's really fa- yeah, yeah. I, I just remember that being really tenured, and that's Simon West as well. Yeah, yeah. I think uh-huh. I like the way he does action lazily. I think. Well, I just, that first scene was not lazy. Like there were great, you know, they they introduced the little <laughs> elements like the motorcycle. I mean, the the first right. The first we don't know why anything's happening though. Well, all know. that so much of that is ripped off from other movies. I mean, that's that's a rip off from uh, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, and that's fine. Um, but he he is he is so much more competent than watching Stallone direct that first Expendables because that first action sequence in the first Expendables is just. Um, really incompetent and at least simon west knows how to put that together yeah and i also missed from the first expendables like uh like you know what uh when jet lee leaves uh i, w- I was a little bummed at that because he yeah. kind of added a, a unique energy to the first one and here we go by the way in expendables 2 jet lee is out of that movie faster than steven seagal is out of executive decision and he departs <laughs> in exactly the same way he go. He. They both fall out of an airplane. That's when Steven Seagal leaves executive decision early on in that movie. Jet Li the same way. He just jumps out of an airplane and he does not come back into the movie. Uh, so Did I was. He bummed. live. Who? Jet Li. We well, he unlike Steven Seagal had a parachute. So I'm assuming uh, that yes, he did. Yeah, also, he I was missed on purpose. Yeah, That's and I, I missed from the first movie uh, that little. I, I missed Mickey Rourke first of all. Uh, I missed that little subplot with Dolph Lundgren being a traitor because Dolph Lundgren. I actually quite like that guy. I kind of have a soft spot for him. He had, he's an actual physics guy too. Well, yeah, all that stuff about him. And that's again, that's little inside joke stuff. You know, he is, a, he does have a degree in chemical engineering. He did he have, bomb. A, he doesn't make his bomb. Right. He had a Fulbright scholarship to MIT. Like all that is true of the actor Dolph Lundgren. But here, they just had him leer at that Chinese woman. Like that and failed was, to make the bomb. That was his. That was, you know, he was like a joke here. And they did really cool stuff with him. I thought in the first Expendables. Um, it was. Too- he looks terrifying. though. Yeah, he does. But that's kind of cool, though, isn't it? Like, it's cool because uh, Schwarzenegger calls him Frankenstein, and that's funny. Uh, I just remember him making a bunch of racial jokes, and that's kind of what Jet, the the joke Jet Li makes before right. he jumps out of the plane. But that whole skillet thing with Jet Li, I was just so excited by that. I was like, oh, the, uh, Jet Li's going to get to do something really cool in this movie instead of just being the butt of some of these minority jokes that Dolph Lundgren's going to make. And then they just throw him out of the plane. Right, he leaves. <laughs> That's kind of a mutt. It's the way that you... Ah, never mind. Kelly Wan, were you really excited about your uh, to get some uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, that's who that was? <laughs> so there were weird... Um, for, for a movie that was essentially... And maybe this is part of my problem with it. It's essentially a big, fat goof with all these little one-liners, there were these weird diversions into some serious mean-spiritedness. Now, of course, I understand why you have to kill Liam Hemsworth. That, fair enough. You get, you got to do that, whatever. Uh, but the things like with showing the woman, like implying that the woman is torturing the thug in the bar. Oh, oh yeah. Or, and even beheading Jean-Claude Van Damme at the end. Like th- those were, I just thought, really misreadings on what, I think the movie was tr- the tone of the movie. Like I know being R-rated and having all the little digital blood—that's one thing. But the beheading and this implication that they're going to torture because there's waterboarding, by the way, in the first movie. Right. Yeah. But the, the bad guys don't do it. Yeah. Here, when she unfurls that little kit 
and then we cut away, and she's yeah. like tortured. Him. I was like, what? Really? That's what you're going to tell yeah, us? Yeah, and then this? the next shot is them on the motorcycle talking about what they learned, like really impassively, like so they didn't. <laughs> right, right. She's a safe cracker. Why would she? She's the torturer and the safe cracker. And the motorcycle. Yeah, and I and I'm real uncomfortable too with like beheading the villain, like him. And he has her do it. He comes out and he says, "Do you know how to carve a turkey?" And I guess she then goes in and beheads his corpse. She's the woman. She has to cook. <sighs> that was just so Dude. weird to me. Uh, well, and the then he also says, says, "Go ahead. Uh, if I if I don't come out, shoot him." Like, <laughs> yeah, I just assumed. I mean. <laughs> If I don't come out, make friends with him. If I don't come out, right, get married and have his kids. <laughs> Cut my head off. I want to at least contribute something to your life. All right, sorry, Dingus. That was no, my, I was just going to ask you what Tom's your favorite uh, stupid thing in the movie was, because I haven't even mentioned mine. It was like a certain plot point I really enjoyed. But like, I was like, why at the funeral would you read his letter to his yeah. girlfriend? <laughs> That's kind of personal. Why are you even opening it in the first place and reading it? And then why are you reading it to all the dudes at the funeral? Right. <laughs> yeah, when he says there's a letter in my pocket, I don't think that's what he <laughs> Read this at my funeral. <laughs> Dear Sophie, the night we fucked was so great when you stuck your finger in my asshole. Right this. My other question was, yes, after Kelly, they do, uh, after Billy gets knifed, which I thought was great, <laughs> personally. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, she goes, he's mad at them, or he's mad at her, and she's like, sorry, sorry, Billy died. And he's like, oh, uh, well, we're going to avenge. It's like, he he's the leader of the, this all happened because he's an idiot. Like, they didn't plan, they're the professionals, aren't they? I mean, why is this happening? Why is she to blame for it survivor's guilt he's just a bad leader <laughs> so they're idiots all right that was my favorite thing i guess it wasn't funny what about flying the airplane into the cave <laughs> yeah Good that was Lord. great lose oh the wigs on god i like that one that's a good one you, you sound disgusted well, you know, early on, so in that first action sequence, you know, they clip onto, I guess, power lines or sliding through the forest, and that's fine. But then at one point, it just jump cuts, basically, to Stallone and Statham flying that big old plane. And I, was, oh, yeah. and I remember seeing that and thinking, uh, uh, yeah. how, did, how did they get there? Well, you know what? Okay, it's fine. Revenge. If that's how we're going to play it, that's fine. They can just, we don't need to see them getting in the plane or where it was parked or where they take it off. That's fine. Let's do that. But then when they fly the plane in the cave, that, you know what? That was too much, Kelly Wan, that was too much uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade for me. Whoa. Yeah. What do you yeah, think of that? That also has a plane flying into a cave to comedic effect. It's like Jaws, but they're all Quint. Uh, I can't go there with you. All right. Well, somebody explain to me why Jason Statham is in this movie. Because so you can hand the MacGuffin. I, one of the reasons I call this a vending machine movie is when you read about the casting things uh, for this and for the last one and for Expendables 3, which has been announced. You, you see Stallone saying, well, uh, I've been talking to Nicolas Cage and Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell wasn't, didn't want to do it. But, you know, originally Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't want to do it, and now he does. It just seems like he's just looking for people just to pop up and throw them in. And I understand everybody who's in this at that point in their career. But is, is, are there just no other English action stars? Why is J Jason Statham, that's, this isn't, he's not part of that group of people. 
He, well, you know what, Dingus, you, you mentioned English, but I, I think he is very, if you look at, like, the Transporter movies, like, he is a classic, not just English, but European. Like, he's the sort of the European equivalent of all these, like, American guys. Uh, I think that's what Statham brings. These movies, by the way, the Expendables movies do very well overseas. Uh, and oh. and I, want, I wonder if maybe Statham is that kind of hook for European but he's not. Actors. he's not their analog. He's not washed up. I mean... As, ah, okay. as much as I don't like them, these guys are all washed up in some way or another or looking for their third or fourth comeback. Yeah. Jason Statham isn't there. So every time he, his character, Christmas, yeah. Lee Christmas, good lord. Wait, is, what? Is, That's his name? His name is Christmas. They're constantly calling him Christmas. Wait, what's uh, his first name again? Lee. Lee Christmas. Lee Christmas. Every time uh, he verb. is trying to make this buddy cop thing with Stallone work and they and they're just... It, there's no chemistry there at all. Every time they do that, I just can't think, why is he here? He's not part of this group. That's a, that's a good point, Dingus, because he did just make... He did just make that movie safe, I think, or he's like defending a little Asian girl. Like he's working, he's doing, a, he's he's got a regular stream of action movies. I, I, yeah, it, he does kind of stand out. You're right. Like for instance, when they do that priest fighting scene, um, <laughs> you get the sense that you know here is one of the cast members who can actually still move and do this stuff very well. Like there were a few shots of Jean Claude Van Damme doing roundhouse kicks where I was like thinking, that's is that CG? Like, that, that guy can't still do those, can he? I, I don't know. Maybe he could. But I did get the sense where they, you know, they had him doing his priest fighting bit that Jason Statham can still do a bunch of stuff like this. Uh, so, yeah, but he, you're right, Dingus. He does seem a little conspicuous there. But they all just walk on and do one thing each. They all get, like, one scene because it's so fucking crowded. Like, Terry Crews yeah. gets one minigun thing. <sighs> All the jokes are predictable. Now you're making me hate, turn against it. I hate no. you people. Come on, Kelly Wan. You loved, uh, how about, Kelly Wan, how about the, the young uh, Chinese woman? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I did, now, was that, I meant to look this up. Is she anyone of note? Like, I, am I supposed I to know she Maggie she Q, because you called her Maggie. No, no, she's definitely not Maggie Q. She, no, good Lord, are you crazy? It's Maggie Gyllenhaal is like more orange flesh tone. Dingus is silent. Her name is Nan Yu. She's been in a lot of Chinese movies. She was Are they action Speed movies? Racer. She was in Speed Racer. Uh, I have no well, idea. Her... Okay. Huh. You know what? Why I would have, I so would have come around on this movie if they'd gotten like Michelle Yeoh. That's who I thought that was. I think uh, that would have been way too much dignity for uh, for this movie. Um, all right, so let's do a three by three. Enough Expendables talk. Kelly Wand, what is this week's three by three? Three best shutdowns. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. You you totally like made this one up on the fly, by the way. This is yeah. what when you just put one on the But you know what? Maybe it'll be great, Kelly Wand. Dingus no, you are don't say that. <laughs> you Dingus are starting us off because you are introducing next week's three by three. How do you feel about this topic and what do you have for your number three slot? Maybe you can give us a line. Yeah, uh-huh. I can give you a line. Here it comes. This guy's a gangster. His real name is Clarence. It's probably Miller's Crossing. Do the right thing. This guy's a gangster. Wait. 
terrible one. That's a terrible line. This guy's a gangster. Call him Clarence. Is that what His it is? real name is Clarence. And then the mm-hmm. final line is, uh, tell these people something they don't know about me. Johnny Dangerously? No, it's from a, a little movie called Eight Mile. And, uh, it's, Jesus. The, what's wrong with you? It's know. the, it's, it's the final, uh, it's the <laughs> final rap showdown in Eight Mile with, uh, with Rabbit and Papa Doc. And so Eminem uses, uh, Eminem decides to, uh, flip the script in his last, uh, his last showdown. And instead of, uh, just talking down the other guy, he decides, I'm going to say everything he's going to say bad about me, and I'm going to say it first. And um, But first he insults the guy, and one of my favorite things is that little, this guy's a gangster, his real name is Clarence. And that makes uh, Papa Doc, who's played by Anthony Mackie, just shut down. And by the time uh, it becomes his turn in the, in the wrap-off, <laughs> uh, he can't because he's totally shut down. I, I, I just love that scene. That's Anthony Mackie in Eight Mile. Wow. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Uh, Kelly Wand, why are you? Why did you groan at Eight Mile? Do you not like that movie? I was just upset that I was that wrong in my guesses, and I felt bad for myself. Oh, Eight Mile's great. I love Eight Mile. Uh, I don't see movies that aren't in metric. <laughs> uh, it's it, Kelly Wand. Would you rather see, as far as Curtis Hanson movies, Eight Mile or In Her Shoes? In Her Shoes is about writing. Oh, no, wait. I thought it was the Bette Midler one. Uh, Wait, those are my only choices? Yeah. You can't see L.A. Confidential. You have to pick either 8 Mile or In Her Shoes. Uh, All right, I'm putting you down for In Her Shoes. Have fun watching a Cameron (laughs) Diaz romantic comedy. Uh, okay, so your number three dingus, Eight Mile. Good to see a little Eight Mile on a 3 by 3 So all of mine, (laughs) by the way, Nice segue. Thank you. All of mine, I, I am going to use shutdown in the sense of uh, interrupting power. So, Kelly Wand, my, my number three is uh, is Hal at the end of 2001, because uh, they shut him down. Uh, Hal is trying to, like, sing and talk, so it does technically qualify for what you're saying. Uh, you like, are a terrible person. Wait a minute, why? <laughs> First of all... This, you're intentionally breaking the topic to show your disdain. No, why does no, that No, shut down is a computer term. Why does that not qualify for this topic? I, because I gave an example of what I was after, and I was obviously meant a verbal or... It was... Hal is verbally interrupted, is he not? Can he... He, he can no longer by sing by pulling those little things out of the slots. All right, so that's the... That's what I'm putting you down for, putting... Taking the things out of the slots, <laughs> just shutting down hell. It's a it's a shutdown in 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 two senses of the word, both electrically and verbally. So what's all right? That uh, I was gonna go Dominant for just man. shut down lines, right? Um, and uh, and I tried to do that, so that's why I provided a line because I thought that's what Kelly was going for. But I as was. we Tom knew that too, but go on. Well, yes. But as we continued, you. You let us expand it to yep. shooting people and yep. and, and apparently turning off appliances. But you didn't limit it. And that's oh, oh, this is so excruciating. Kelly Wan, just be glad that I didn't do the tractor beam in Star Wars because that was one of my almost picked. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're all like this. They're all power coupling. They uh, all involve power being all- interrupted to something that is powered. Yes. Shut they okay, all so trash compactor is your number two. <laughs> I did not take anything from Star Wars. You'll be glad to know. 
That's not the one I was talking about. But anyway, uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> All right, so uh, Kelly Wan, what is your number three pick for? Uh, I tried to do my topic. That's what's different between your list and my list. So uh, that's one difference. Another difference is uh, I went with just girl on guy ones or guy on girl ones, like like romantic proposition shutdowns. Good the battles with the sexes. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> my number three. This is just uh, for the quality of the lines and being John Malkovich. Do you remember? No? You remember the movie when you watched it? <laughs> all right. He goes, yeah, I'm a puppeteer. And she's all, check, please. That's kind of funny anyway. Puppeteer, check, please. Does it shut him down? Yeah, it does. Okay. It's the last shot in the movie. I mean, the, uh, I think I did it wrong. Are you we'll get back. sharpening knives? <laughs> Sorry. Who's, doing, who's I, scrubbing tiles in the shower? I can't. There. It's not. It's not what you think. It's not what it sounds like. Does uh, she? Right. I, I love that line. Uh, does she say "check please" when he says that, or when he when she asks if he if he's married? She says it first. He says he's married, and she says "check please," and then she goes, "So what do you do?" And he says, "I'm a puppeteer." And then she goes, "Check please." Again. So it's the second "check please" that is my number three. Sounds like she really wanted that check. <laughs> All right. Dingus, what is your number two pick for a shutdown, electronic or verbal? Uh, I hate you, Tom. Much. <laughs> hate you. Fuck! Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, shutdowns in movie history. Um, I'm not too crazy about the movie, but here's the line. What she's got, you couldn't spell, and what you've got, you used to have... Now beat it. Uh, what she's got... That one's, that's tough. Uh, I don't know how good a shutdown that is because it's kind of tough to follow. It's almost like a logic puzzle. It's like, like if Sue is sitting next to Mary and Mary is three rows over from Dan, but Dan is next to Bob, where is Sue sitting? Wait, wait, hang on. Bob's... <laughs> uh, let's hear the line again, Dingus, just so I can figure out where Bob is sitting. What she's got, you couldn't spell, and what you've got, you used to have. Now beat it. And what you've got, you used to have. Yeah. So the the setup, it's uh, the movie is a 1954 movie. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Directed um, by Joseph Mankiewicz, called The Barefoot Contessa. I know. What? I, I I know neither of you have seen this. Movie. Holy shit! It's uh, Ava Gardner. Yeah, very good, Ava Gardner. Um, and uh, somebody, I, and uh, a little guy Arlando. named Humphrey Bogart. Damn it. Yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Sorry. Um, and uh, the the movie is is this Holly? It's it's Joseph Mankiewicz uh, trying to make this movie about Hollywood. Um, and it's it's way too long. It's not really that good, and the characters are really annoying. But there's one character in it. Her name is Jerry. And she's played by Elizabeth Sellers is the actress's name. She plays Humphrey Bogart's uh, wife. And Humphrey Bogart plays this uh, this director named Harry Dawes. And Harry Dawes is is this ex-alcoholic, and he's he has to work in films he doesn't want to work in. He has to work for a studio boss who's an awful asshole. And they go and they discover this this actress in Spain, played by Ava Gardner. 
and she becomes this huge sensation. And there's this, there she becomes very successful, and Harry Dawes is directing her movies. And and there's this wonderful scene where where Humphrey Bogart and Elizabeth Sellers are playing backgammon at this little table at this party, and Ava Gardner comes and sits to watch them play. And they, uh, sorry, Elizabeth Sellers' uh, character Jerry is a script girl. She's not. She's she's in Hollywood, but she's a script girl, and she's super smart, and she's just a great wife to this this poor director. And this this drunk actress walks up, and she's this supposed supposedly younger actress, and she's pissed off that Ava Gardner's gotten all this success. And so she has this drunken rant at Ava Gardner. Like, what do you have? Why are you here? Who are you fucking? I mean, she doesn't say that. She's just, who are you having sex with? I mean, you get to have sex with everybody on the screen. What do you have? And, and are you having sex with Harry Dawes, Harry here? And, uh, and Jerry tells her to shut up, and the girl just keeps going on. What do you have? And then finally Jerry, who hasn't really done said anything, stands up and says this wonderful line, which she has, you couldn't spell. And what you have, you used to have. Now beat it. And the girl just shuts up and walks away. All right. See, I don't Kelly understand wants- it. I don't, I'm trying to figure out what that means. What it's just one got, of these great old, that's how old they talk. Hollywood insult lines. What, what she's got, you couldn't spell. I just love that. What she's got, so he's too spell. dumb to spell sex appeal? Moxie. Yeah, Moxie. She doesn't know if it has one X or two. Like, is Moxie M-O-X-X-Y or M-O-X-Y or M-O-X-I-E? You can't spell that, Kelly Wand. Who knows? Well, so you don't need to spell it. You just need to... Sorry, sorry to prattle on about a movie that nobody really likes and I don't really like, but I just... When you talk about shutdowns, I love that line so freaking much. Kelly Wand, what I had, Ding- to, I had to what, watch it again. And it's, uh, yeah, what Dingus has, Kelly Wand, you can't even spell, and you don't have it anymore, so beat it. <laughs> See? Wait, so most contests wear footwear, and she's the one rebel. She doesn't like to because it makes her feel in touch with the dirt, and that makes her remember home, and, and she feels more powerful when she's in touch with the dirt. And that's like what the, he can't spell. Like the Navi. Mm-hmm. Like the Navi. Uh-huh. Hey, Kelly, you, you, ready for, you ready for my number two? Now, this uh, involves yes. the interruption of power to something as well as a verbal shutdown. This is where Quint smashes the radio while Brody is trying to call in uh, on, like, I don't know, an emergency broadcast. You know what I'm talking about? And Quint has a baseball bat, and he smashes the radio. And and, uh, the thing is, Quint is very calm, very precise about all this, and Brody freaks out and then takes the baseball bat. And he's like, oh, that's great. You're certifiable, Quint. And then he's smashing the radio. So it's the both of the characters in Jaws smashing the radio. Wait, which one? Well, mainly Quint, but Brody joins in. It's uh, Quint think... shutting down Brody's distress call. I think Quint was dead by then, wasn't he, Tom? Uh, like it was his. It. It, it was his <laughs> ghost. <laughs> Damn you both! I'm, all right, this last part. Now, do you like that one any better, Kelly Wan, than Hal? Okay. So maybe I'm working my way back into your good graces. But I just miss. Here's I just wrote this. Quint smashes bat with radio. That's not how it worked. <laughs> I, I guess from a so relativistic. Bat, I remember it perfectly. You <laughs> hypocrite. Wait, that's not the right. All right. So Kelly Wand, what is your number two pick for a, a verbal or an electronic shutdown? Uh, 
My number two is... I'll do a line from it. Okay. See, because nobody talks during that part. <laughs> ah, the artist. No. <laughs> they talk during the part in the artist that I wanted to use. So I had to, I had to, bump, I had to bump it down to mm-hmm. one. Anyway, third man. At the end, that's third man. What? Ugh, you people with your old-timey movies. Jeez, a pain. you got to go back to the old times to get the real good shutdowns, because now, so, yeah. okay. now they don't even write it. <laughs> but... Yeah, now shutdowns are things like, you've already been back enough. Right. That's the shutdown we heard this week. But it doesn't. that doesn't even shut him down. He goes Yippee-ki-yay without saying motherfucker, because I was a fucking governor. Is that what he's trying to say? Is that his angle? Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. Maybe uh, Schwarzenegger won't cuss now that he's a Republican f- former governor. Who knows? Uh, he cussed, kind of. Did he? They like to cuss. I thought Repu- that was what he, was cool. You know, about he implied it. He said he 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 wouldn't do that. I'm not gonna do that. because uh, that's what Obama would want him to do. All right. Anyway, so my number two is in Third Man when she's walking past him and then she just ignores him. But then he throws the cigarette butt after. So it's like she's saying, "Now you'll never sleep with me." Ha ha. But he's all, "Eh, dicks are dumb anyway." That's what he's saying with the cigarette. That's my number two. Dingus, do you have any questions about that? No, no, I, I'm on board for the third man. <laughs> right. Wait, uh, I thought, did you see that movie, Tom, or am I... No, I saw it. I, I hate the Zephyr. No, wait, right. what do you call that thing? That yeah. guy. You're the West guy. Wind? Why do no, you hate the West Wind? What do you call that instrument? It's not, is it not a Zephyr? What do you call that thing? Pen? Uh, zither. 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 Good lord. Yeah, Dingus is right. Sam is the master of the Pam flute. The Pam. And the master of the Zephyr. Yeah, so it's the Zither, that, that Zither thing. Zephyr's uh, made of watch parts. <laughs> shut up. Uh, no, I like Third Man. I just don't remember it. Uh, I remember it about as well as uh, Barefoot Contessa, which I've never even seen. So. Eh, don't. No, I, I would, remember. I the, would suggest you not see. No, I remember like the Ferris wheel scene, and I remember uh, what else do I remember about Third Cuckoo Man? Clock. Don't remember Cuckoo Clock. No, that's the line in that Ferris wheel scene. Oh, oh. I guess you just remember. So you, you remember the ride part of it, like yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> the aerodynamics of that Ferris wheel are pretty interesting. <laughs> While as I'm listening to the dialogue, because I'm a genius. Very good. And you're watching cigarette butts being tossed. Hmm. Yeah, because it's a battle of the sexes, so right. it's all body language, because right. the words are meaningless. You know, there used to be, you used to have a lot more body language options when you could smoke. And when you couldn't, you had to use it in movies, because they couldn't swear like Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't swear. So it's like they had to express through body language sensuality. And even Dingus telling us about his barefoot Contessa scene, I, nobody, I mean, I'd be curious what the actual line was, but surely the woman didn't say, who are you having sex with? Like, even then, like That's not, had, it had to be way more veiled than that, I'm assuming. Dingus's memory of it initially was, who are you fucking? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which I, mean, I know isn't Hemingway. Dingus went straight to the subtext, but uh, there was, you know, the actual dialogue must have been pretty circumspect, you know. All right, so let's see. Now we're down to our number one picks. Starting, right. wait, are we? Yes. Dingus, what is your number one pick for an electronic or verbal shutdown of another... Entity. <laughs> or reactor terminal. Or reactor terminal. Tom's case. <laughs> All right, here's the, here's the actual shutdown line. Damn right you're scared. I can see that in your eyes. 
Oh, God. Sounds like something again from 1954. Sounds like Bogart. Yeah. Damn it's right. Not scary. It's from 1993. Here's here's the line at the end of the scene. <laughs> you going to do something or just stand there and bleed? I didn't think so. Yeah, a little Tarantino shutdown is always good. All right, Dingus. Good. It's not. It's actually a... Oh, it's, it's Tombstone. It's, and it's from the poster in... Uh, oh, rats. What In, in uh, Justified. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's Tombstone. It's, uh, it's the... Uh, what's, what's popularly known as the bitch slap scene. And it's where uh, Wyatt Earp uh, totally shuts down... Uh, what's his name? John, Johnny Tyler. Uh, who's played by Billy Bob Thornton, of course. And I just, oh man, that scene, every line in that scene is just beautiful. And Wider walks into the Oriental, uh, the saloon, and Billy Bob Thornton's over there being a, a total asshole. And uh, Wider talks to the proprietor and then walks over and just shuts him down. Um, one of the problems I had with this is that Hollywood sets up these scenes so perfectly with this weak, supposedly strong bully that the, that the, uh, the hero can come in and then be triumphant over by being brave. But Billy Bob is such a sad bully. And, uh, but I love that scene. I love, I just love the dialogue and, and Kurt Russell walking in on him on that. You bet you're afraid moment. Ah, damn. I love that. When you did there, are you going to talk or just sit there and bleed dingus? For some reason, I was thinking of Michael Madsen's, uh, are you going to bark little doggy or just bite? Like I was thinking of Michael Madsen's uh, bit from good. Reservoir Dogs. That I was thinking of Predator. You're going you're gonna to bark all day, little doggy, you're going to bite. Right, right. <laughs> and Harvey Cattell's reaction to that, like, I can't believe you just said that to me. <laughs> I can't believe you're mouthing off. Like, like Harvey Harvey Keitel's just uh, his absolute, he, he's just so flustered that, and he's just so taken aback at, at how ballsy Michael Madsen is in that. Uh, <laughs> I just love that reaction. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tombstone does that hold up, Dingus? Because that's I have been thinking about it a, a lot. Watching Justified, where they they clearly position that big old movie poster uh, <laughs> to get a lot of screen time. Uh, Tombstone's awesome. Really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't it's seen really it in good. five six years. But. Kurt Russell is, is such a cheese ball and has such a ridiculous mustache, but he delivers those lines so well. You know that smoke that that smoke wagon or whatever he talk, whatever he calls Billy Bob Thornton's pistol. I just love the way he said those lines. So yeah, I think it really works. All right. uh, Dingus Kelly Wand will be your Huckleberry. Oh, good. <laughs> All uh, right, Kelly Wand, you ready for this one? Yes. This involves power <laughs> being interrupted. Let's see how you break it this time. Okay. Uh, we've actually talked about this moment on the podcast before, but I forget in what context. But this is uh, Richard Gere sitting in his office and Diane Lane talking to him in the movie Unfaithful. Uh, and and the, the, see, I've restored myself to your good graces. Yeah. And uh, the, the, what we're learning here is that their marriage is kind of drifting apart and she ends up cheating on him and things spin out of control and then the movie happens. But early on, when they're establishing the relationship, he's in his office working. She's standing in the doorway saying something to him, talking, and she's not really into it. And as she leaves and walks away, she just reaches in and flips the light switch off where he's sitting in the room. Uh, <laughs> I just love that character. She's just so oblivious to his presence and that she she thinks of her room as empty when he is in it. Uh, and I forget, Kelly, how it unfolds. Does he say, a hey, waste of energy. Yeah, does he say, hey, I'm in here, and she turns it back on? Or how no, does it... he, he just looks like, what? <laughs> My wife just turned the lights out on me. Is she fucking that painter guy or bookseller? What was he? I can't he was a bookseller, yes. Yeah. Oliver Martinez, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So that is my number one pick. That's a great one. Thank you. I'm glad that I like what you did. Well, it's just the Hal one isn't a twofer. It's not. The Hal is trying to sing and is trying to get in the last word. You know what? It's a bit like the inverse of the guy in Dark Star trying to reason with the computer. Here's the computer trying to reason with the guy who's shutting him down. Uh, uh, it's a shutdown. Come on. You're tricking me into liking it a lot now. Aha, see? Track. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, I mean, here's the thing I was bitching about, I think. Right, and right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retcon my complaint. Okay. Uh, the, like, which slot in particular is the actual shutdown? It's a whole sequence. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. That, yes, that's that's fine. Oh, all right, good. Uh, Dingus, oh no, we did Dingus. So Kelly Wan, that leaves you. What is your number one pick for a shutdown? And I presume the best one ever must have uh, inspired this this topic. Fuck you, that's my name. That's pretty good. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Dingus, do you know this one? It's an oh. easy one. Dingus, oh, of course it is. For me. That, that, yeah. Oh, why can't I think of it? Uh, what's Tom, your... will you get me a cup of coffee, please? Oh, that is easy. That's from a play, though. Uh, you know what, though? That it's part, the greatest again, shutdown that play and movie probably ever, right? It's all shutdowns. All shutdowns. It's fucking... What the first five minutes of Expendables was with action. It is with <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is with dialogue. But, uh, so, Dingus, that line, we've determined, is not in David Mamet's play. Uh, no, it's a, it was something that he wrote specifically so, to get Alec Baldwin into it for that opening monologue. All right. Kelly one, let's hear your rendition one more time. Your watch costs fuck you, that's my name, Car. <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, all right, runners up. I almost picked, b- before I did my power interruption motif, um, something that when we were talking about lines that were interrupted, uh, somebody on the forum, and I wish I could remember who to credit this person, but someone posted uh, Hulk's great shutdown to Loki. In the Avengers, where Loki is basically proclaiming, I've had enough of this. You people are annoying me. I'm a god. You can't do this. And Hulk completely cuts him off and throws him around like a rag dog. That's a great one. A rag doll. That is a great one, yeah. Uh, So that's kind of a a good shutdown. But it didn't have interruption of power, so I didn't pick that one. To me, I wouldn't pick it. Maybe just because the the money shot is the actor's face afterwards of Loki, that guy. That's the moment I realized that guy's that guy's a suspect genius. Tom Hiddleston is Tom Hiddleston. Yes, yes. His his name is fun to say as well. Which Loki? Tom Hiddleston. Oh, say it with. Isn't it fun? Tom is never a fun name to say. No, no. But the Hiddleston part. Come on. That's true. I wish I was named Tom Hiddleston. Don't you wish you were named Kelly Hiddleston? Dingus Hiddleston. (laughs) Dingus Hiddleston. Dingus Hiddleston is one of the characters in Harry Potter. Benjamin Christmas Hiddleston. Then Downton Abbey. <laughs> uh, Dingus runners up for you for shutdowns. Uh, I said good day, sir. Uh, that's a good one. That's not a shutdown, though, is it? Yeah, yeah, because because uh, okay, Uncle Uncle whatever is it? Grandpa Joe is is uh, pleading for Charlie to get the prize, and uh, and Willie said Willy Wonka says I said good day, sir. You know what, Dingus? You you say that a lot in real life, and I always thought you were like quoting Stephen Colbert or something. What? Uh, I totally thought that Dingus says that a lot in real life. Everybody uh, knows that line from Willy Wonka. I did not remember it. I, th- I always thought Dingus was quoting something from the Stephen Colbert show or something. Tom only remembers lines I've never heard of. I've noticed. 
<laughs> and then there's this, there's this great line uh, in a movie we did a few weeks ago called Margaret. Uh, or Margaret, as one might say. <laughs> Go ahead, get some extra syllables in there, Dingus. Help yourself. They're small. I'll get, many, I'll, I'll get syllables like you wouldn't believe. Um, where, they, where four characters are having dinner at a table and... Uh, oh, yes! <laughs> I love this one. They, uh, yeah, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if you're thinking of the same thing I'm thinking of, but, but they're ta- they start to talk about Jews. Of course, and, what else um, you know? Go ahead. And, uh, and the, the woman starts to talk about it, and, uh, and oh gosh, now I can't remember John any R- of the characters' names. John Renault. Oh. Yeah. Well, the, the, the woman says, don't handle me. And that's, that's the moment that I like, where she, oh. where she, where she shuts down the girl who's, who's trying to make everything right between the two of them, and, and her, her line to her is, don't handle me. Leave it to and Dingus to, to not go for the thrown glass of water into someone else's face. Right, right, From and that's what happens before that. Because I was looking for lines that shut down. That's what I thought. I, uh, I see. And so I love that "don't handle me" moment. It's just a beautiful little moment that that shuts her up. Right. Kelly, one, what shutdown line would you pick from uh, Mara Garrett? Uh, <laughs> wait, what's the, what's uh, Alice and Janney say? She's dying. Don't handle me. Right. Uh, Kelly, why do you have any runners-up? I I almost had uh, turning off the power in the basement in 28 weeks later, where they they huddle all the survivors into a big room, and then they turn the lights out on them, which is a very uh, poorly thought out. uh, (laughs) They're shutting down the riot, you're saying. (laughs) Well, what they're doing is... uh, 28 weeks later, a lot of times, I think, gets criticized by... uh, Anyway, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. By Dingus's dog, who thinks that it, it it like the military is doing stupid things. So at one point they they put a bunch of all the survivors. You know, when they go to uh, Condition Red, it's a lockdown. They put all the survivors in a in a room in the basement and they chain the doors shut so nobody can get in or get out to protect them. But then when they power off the lights in the city so that the soldiers can use night vision to see, it plunges everybody in there in the darkness. Uh, like it seems like uh, that's something they didn't really plan out very well so you have all these people locked up i almost picked that one but that doesn't really have any verbal dimension that was just power interruption i always pick by the way maybe you guys can help me with this in aliens you know the the power gets shut off when they're when they're in that one room uh and somebody says hey they they cut the power and hudson says they cut the power how could they cut the power man they're animals you know what i'm talking about no no one uh which movie? <laughs> well, at any rate, so I had runners up that were just power related with, with no verbal dimension, but like the tractor beam, I didn't pick those. I was trying to remember the Margaret line I wanted. Sorry. Did you come up with one? What's the one where she's talking to the mom's talking to um, Suki, and the mom's pretending to be her, right? And she goes denied or something. Doesn't she have like a one word one like redacted? <laughs> I know exactly I like one what you're word about, but I don't yeah. remember the line. Yeah, that's very good, Kelly Wand. I like that one. It's good that I don't remember it. And also, Animal Kingdom has a good one. And can you say it without spoiling the movie? No. Okay. And also, Hesher. Uh, ah. I like, there's a good couple good ones in there, but I especially like the growing kick. No, you don't remember that one. The growing kick. Hesher hits the kid with the car. And then laughs at him. Oh. 
and the kid's just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Kelly Wan, have you ever been skull fucked? Uh, <laughs> That's my line from Hesher, by the way. I didn't want people been to... skull blown. But... <laughs> okay. Uh, let's have a new 3x3 three three for next week. Dingus, what do you have for us? Um, a couple weeks ago, I watched Goodfellas again uh, <laughs> for Tom's interrupted line one. And I think it was that one. They're unfinished, unfinished lines, maybe. And uh, and one of my choices was Tommy going into the room and saying, oh, no. And what happens right after that is that Jimmy, played by Robert De Niro, realizes that Tommy has not become a made man. And he proceeds to beat the hell out of the payphone he's talking to. And so this week, I would like you guys to come up with your three favorite temper tantrums in movies. All right. Temper tantrums in movies. Kelly Wan, do you have any questions? Does... Uh, does the trash compactor freak out count when they're when they're celebrating? No, that's not a temper tantrum. What about Chewbacca's fake tantrum before boring conversation anyway? I don't care what you smell, Kelly Wand. Get down in there. That's tantruming. <laughs> Wait, tantrums that where you have sex but it doesn't um, end, right? Okay, yes, stay. that's it's yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, and next week we will be seeing. The Master, the new uh, P.T. Anderson movie. Uh, and we will be bringing you three classic movie temper tantrums, our favorites. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian McCransky. It's Christian Murawski. Mm, I don't think so. And Kelly Wand. Every movie where the power goes out. Uh, big old Jed had a light on. Uh, Kelly Wand, anything happening in Canada? Any any maybe anecdotes about life in Canada? Oh, you mean a Canada? Ah, yeah. Uh, this is probably kind of boring, but I've noticed that they, um, well, they call mac and cheese craft dinners. Boring? Okay. And then also, it's like in L.A., when you walk around... Everyone yeah. sort of doesn't aim for you, so it's easy to like get through lines and stuff because it's always crowded. But in Vancouver, it's like they always like head for you, but you're targeted, so it's hard to avoid. Like, like they're gonna running, you know? they're gonna body check you just walking around yeah. the street, and then they'll pass you. It's you know how cars cut you off in LA. It's like pedestrians, you know, they, but they they pass you and then they slow way down when they're right in front of you. <sighs> Sounds brutal. Hey, Tom, if there was, like, a CG Expendables, like, of all the greatest, right, would it be Charles Bronson and John Wayne and Moe and Bruce Lee? Who, who would you have in there? Uh, get a little bogey in there. Humphrey Bogart. Dingus, anyone to add to our cast? No, get a little bogey in there works for me. All right. Yeah. Maybe Michael Myers is a kid, Urkel. You're okay, just a little immature. 